it is a crazy story. <laughs> yeah. It's just one of these things, you know, it's like I'm seeing a pattern with these people here. It's kind of crazy. What kind of pattern? Just well, it's just uncaring. Yeah, they just kind of go to the extreme with all of these things. I'm like, okay, so another one that has like found a loophole somewhere to oh, take yeah. advantage of people. I'm starting to read that these people actually think these people are heroes, like they're clever. Yeah. And I'm like, really? Right. <laughs> right. I mean, I don't know. Just like you said with with Anna, if they're scamming the rich, it's a little harder to be mad about it. Right. But yeah. when they're scamming old people, let's get into it. Yeah. All right. So this <laughs> one today comes to us from Houston, Texas. And Ooh, before shock. we get too deep into it, I just want to put a disclaimer out there that this Muhammad Mokbel, I think I said his name correctly, he has allegedly done this crime. So he hasn't been formally like charged in court yet. Yes, he has been indicted. Right. So that is a formal judgment, but it's not really. He's still presumed innocent. Yes, until proven guilty in a court of law. So here's this alleged story. So basically, this guy's a pharmacy owner, and he has this accountant with him who's also been charged with a bunch of variant things that we'll go over. And it's basically a $134 million healthcare fraud scheme. Whoa, not the big one. (laughs) It's another big one. I love to, you know, when I'm out fishing for stories, I like to get the big ones, reel them in. Yeah, go big or go home, right? That's right. I'm going to scam people. Might as well scam $134 million. (laughs) So so the guy, his name was Muhammad Makbel. He's 56 years old. His accountant's name is uh, Fathi El-Safti, 62-year-old guy. So they're, you know, a little over mid-age here. So Makbel is an owner of uh, several Houston pharmacies. Hmm. And Fathi is his accountant for all of it. So the company is called 4mm or 4M. I guess we'll just say 4M. I don't know if that stands for millimeter or not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, 4M, whatever. Yeah. Maybe, they, maybe it is a millimeter. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. Ooh, sounds four, like it probably is a millimeter. Right, right. Um, four, <laughs> 4M Pharmaceuticals Incorporated is the company name. So... What they did basically was they had an outbound telemarketing call center that would call, you know, those annoying calls that you get on your phone and you're just like, I'm going to kill. Why are these damn people calling me? I pay for this, you know? Right. Anyway, so this call center that solicited Medicare, Medicaid, and commercial insurance patients nationwide. So, yeah, they would call many people over the age of 55. So, obviously, they're targeting the senior citizens, which we Mm -hmm. all... That's like the dirtiest crime ever, right? Mm-hmm. Except for little kids, maybe. I know. I'm like, those are like the worst old yeah. and, and little kids. They're called vulnerable <laughs> populations. Absolutely. The call center employees offered patients medically unnecessary diabetic supplies and topical creams. And then even though many of these patients like refused the solicitations for M, build them insurance companies anyway. So... If you can imagine, it's like, you know, I don't know how many people, I don't know like how Medicare or Medicaid works because I've never been on any of that and I'm not old enough from the Medicare. So I don't know if like, like, because I'm just trying to figure out because like this crime, 
like went on from like December 13th of 2013 to March 3rd of 2020. That's a long ass time for that. And to me, it's like amazing that they had not been caught before this, you know? And I don't know if like the Medicaid or Medicare patients, like if they look at their bills ever, you know, cause it's basically free healthcare, right? So you, I don't know if you get bills for that or I, I just so don't know how that works. Medicare is the one for the elderly, right? And Medicaid. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, Obamacare, whatever they expanded it in the States. And so at a point where I was laid off from a job, I got on it because you're required to. And from what I remember, there's no bills. You don't see anything. You don't have to pay for any of it. I'm trying to remember what I did. We did quite a bit, but I don't think there's any bills. So I think it makes sense that it might be kind of easy because they wouldn't know they're being charged for these things. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what he was giving them, you know, like, was he charging them for the little pricker things or was he charging them for the little... I don't know. There's yeah, all the probably, tools. That I'm sure. I'm sure there's a ton of stuff that you could get away with billing someone for diabetic supplies because there's just unfortunately so many things that if you are a diabetic that you need, you know, yeah. to take care of yourself on a daily basis. So I'm sure it was like all that kind of stuff, like the insulin monitors, you know, things like that, or the test kits that you have to do every day, all that kind of stuff. So I'm sure all that is what he and was did, billing them on. Was he not sending it to them either, or was he just? Well, just he would send, he sent, yeah, he just overbilled it. And I think okay. he just sent it to the ones that wanted it. Like he would send it to them, but mm-hmm. then the ones that refused, he went ahead and just billed it anyway, but didn't send anything. And then it didn't matter. Cause like the person, he probably just got their information, you know, through the call center, right? Like on the phone yeah. and then they just went ahead and build it through whatever insurance company. So it gets even crazier as we go along here. So in some cases, they actually build the patients that were dead as well. Like oh, they geez. somehow mm-hmm. got away with that. Because, you know, I know in the medical <clears throat> records side of things, you know, because I'm in the medical field, medical records, I think it's like four to five years they keep them. So even after you're dead, you know, they're still going to have your records for like four to five years. It's kind of sure. like, you know, taxes, like after seven years type deal. So that's so probably... So still have access to their names. Yeah. And then he could just continue to build them. And if they hadn't cleared their roles or whatever, you know, then right. the Medicaid, yeah, the state or whatever. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's so interesting. So then on top of that, he didn't just target the patients. He was also targeting the doctor's offices and the doctors involved. They would send faxes to request the prescriptions that doctors did not authorize. And then they would just bill the patients for prescription drugs without a valid prescription and sent requests to the doctors for even after the dead patients too. And that's what blows me away about this is like, how do you not get caught? Like as a doctor, you would think that there's someone in the office that oversees all this kind of stuff coming in or out, right? You're right. He just knew those loopholes. He, yeah, I mean, like, for 10 totally. Years, yeah, yeah. That, that's crazy. We all know loopholes in our field. It's just a matter of whether you take advantage of them. You know, Right, right. These are crazy loopholes. Oh, 100%. So then... Muhammad, you know, he's making raking in all this money, right? Because like, he doesn't have to produce all these products or, you know, send all these real drugs to anyone. He's just getting money from all the insurance companies coming in to his bank account, right? Mm -hmm. No one's the wiser. Right. So and then victimless crime. Yeah. So then he just has like the accountant going in like kind of doctor it all up there. Now, allegedly, 
all this happened. I just want to say allegedly yeah, for right yeah, for right, right now. Right, right. But this is kind of the story of what was going on here. Well, so, we'll find out more in court. I'm sure. I'm excited. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll have to do an update once the the court proceedings continue with this case. So the other thing is like, so he he's living in this. I'm not sure what part of Houston, but it looked like a fairly nice neighborhood that he was living in. Uh, he had a two million dollar house, and he bought like Ferraris. Like his neighbors referred to him as like the Ferrari guy. So, <sighs> you know, just like one of those like people that you know just flaunt all their cash everywhere Uh uh-huh you kind of know that those are the fakers right when they're doing stuff like that well and people think oh he owns his own pharmacies he's a millionaire at least i mean it makes sense he's good with his money buy some cars he also had like 15 million in gambling debt or something like that. oh yeah so he's (sighs) going to the casino flaunting his money probably going out to vegas you know buying all this crazy stuff like his neighbors said they had to call the police on him all the time because he was throwing these wild parties at his house <laughs> wow yeah so the ferrari guy yeah i think that should ferrari be the headline guy. for this the ferrari guy hmm. <laughs> the ferrari guy yeah. <laughs> ew so <sighs> And apparently, I mean, he's been at this since like the 1990s. And that's the other thing you notice with all these people, they have a background in this criminal activity before like their big, huge crime that they do. Yeah, of course. I mean, it seems to me a lot of the cases, they don't end up having to pay it all back. You know, somehow they end up getting out of it. So they kind of think, oh, well, it's worth it, you know, to spend a few years in jail. You don't have to go to jail for that long. This guy only has a 10 year sentence minimum, maximum 20. And Wow, I thought it was more than that. Well, according to the indictment here, all carry, um, you know, for the the things he got charged for, all carry, maybe he could possibly get 10, but all carry a possible prison sentence of 10 years in prison and a $250,000 maximum fine. The use of telemarketing to target people over 55 as a means to commit health care fraud carries an additional penalty of 10 years, but a minimum of 10. So that's all he's going to get. Possibly mm-hmm. is ten, if he's found guilty is 10 years. I think it should be a year per dollar. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? 134 million years. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know. And, you know, when they raided his mansion, you know, they found $100,000 worth of casino chips, 32000 in gift cards, and then numerous bank accounts and details of a 12-story building in Egypt. So His escape house. <laughs> yeah i'm like i guess you could escape to egypt i don't know maybe he has like a secret tunnel that he's having built under his mansion from texas to egypt we don't know <laughs> like, like that one guy the drug lord that they put away what wow. was it escobar oh yeah oh yeah yeah gosh i'm like is <laughs> 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 <was> his name <laughs> yeah well, so uh, I'm excited to see how this thing turns out. I mean, in looking for people who had been victimized by him, there weren't any because people have to come out and they don't even know, probably, that yeah. they've been Yeah, they're probably to- totally unaware. So at this point, the victims are us as taxpayers because he yeah. frauded the system and we all pay into it. Right. I don't think anybody's going to personally be on the hook for any of this. And that's why he did it is because he knew 
Yeah, he probably knew the consequences beforehand. And like you said, if it's only 10 years, you know, that's not a whole lot of time for like something like this, which I think is totally insane. And currently he is on house arrest because they're afraid that he's going to be a flight risk, obviously. 12 story building in Egypt or whatever. But like he, I guess. Ferrari up to Canada. Yeah, probably. And, you know, maybe he'll fly his Ferrari across to Egypt, but. I don't know. I mean, so I guess the judge was a little bit more lenient with them because he has a small child that he is raising. So, oh. which is, you know, there's a victim right there. Yeah, really. Well, he's on Twitter. I saw, you know, he's posting. Oh, yeah. All things are normal for him. Normal life gets to sit at home with his nice 134. I, you watch. He will not have to pay all that back. He will get to keep quite a bit of it, I bet. They'll make him sell yeah. his house and stuff, but. Maybe his pharmacies he'll have to sell. Right, right. But he won't pay it all back. He he probably has already set up, just as we've seen in a lot of these, some other accounts or something uh, for other people or, you know. Offshore. Gifts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Egypt, his Egypt place. Because, you know, it didn't happen there. So they're like, we don't care. Bring your money here. You know. Yeah. <sighs> this is why we have to get along with other countries. So they extradite people. <laughs> back to the United States. <laughs> Although some people, I'm like, oh, maybe you should stay there. Well, he is actually an American citizen, too. So I think that's why he was also granted the house arrest. Oh, yeah, I know, but I mean, I mean, like Snowden or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See you later. I'm going to scoot out of here. Yeah, I'm going to go live in Russia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was a really great story, Mary Contrary. Thank you for sharing Absolutely. So that's the story currently of Mohammed Makbel, and we'll be watching to see what happens to him in court. Yeah. And if you guys hear any updates, let us know on Twitter. We also would like for you to let us know about any other stories about fraud, hashtag fraud, or hashtag Ferrari guy if you hear about Mohammed. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Real Talk. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. We look forward to having you on our next one.